Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is a venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat news stories that played out over the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on January 16th of 2024, Aaron and I find ourselves in the uncomfortable position of balancing weird and sexy. We're going to hear about the tractor that was pulled out of a historic building in Seaforth a little later than many would have liked. We're going to talk about the couple from Regina who had to pay a significant price to win a sexy couple competition in the Dominican, and we're left hot and bothered by the mystery of how a Canadian military memo warning its members about using a specific sex worker has led to said sex worker being flooded with attention. Let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. Before we begin, how have you been? What's new? What's going on? What's going on? Um, Nothing, man. Just... Just living life and mm-hmm. trying to stay out of jail. Yeah, that's uh, both, both all you can hope for in 2024, the year of nuttiness. How's it been? We're we're now 16 days into it. I would say this year so far has been, uh, for me, fantastic. The weather is great this year. I haven't gotten sick or anything this year. Okay. Anything <laughs> else you want to brag about or what's... I look fine this year. I've shaved a lot this year, so I, I feel like I look a little oh, younger. Yeah. <laughs> well uh this is a podcast so okay. the listeners will have to take your word for it mm-hmm. yeah better not research that one <laughs> it may not maybe some fake news being spouted yeah you do look freshly shaven today though thank you like, buddy yeah you don't no 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 Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. no no enough about our facial hair uh let's get into it we're here to keep Canada weird. And we got a collection of stories this week that I think is going to make it easy. This has been a weird week in Canadiana. And uh, not only is it the country doing it, its its own work to keep itself weird, but we've really had our listeners, uh, members of the Keep Canada Weird Army, step up and fan the flames of weird for us uh, we got a lot of voice memos this week how should we just like front load a bunch of them or drop them throughout how do you want to handle that uh let's listen to two up front Are you sure? and then we can sprinkle the rest throughout where it feels oh. like it's needed okay and one of the voice memos lead us right into a story so i'll i'll use one of those as the uh as the front loaders um and oddly enough we had like we i don't think we've been talking about tim hortons a lot on the show but a lot of the voice memos this week, maybe all of them relate to Tim Hortons. Yeah. Well, when we even remotely mention the word Tim Hortons, the name words, Tim Hortons. The it, name, yeah. The, the words, yeah. It, it really strikes a chord in the listening audience. And mm-hmm. it really brings up a lot of emotion in them. Yeah. And emotion then conjures response yeah so. it's true uh before i play the voice memos though uh we talked a while back about how tim hortons was uh, temporarily relaunching their retro donut collection have you had a chance to try any of them no 
I haven't. Okay, I've, I've, I've tried all of them. There is the blueberry. I know, because you, you actually go to Tim Hortons every day. At least once a day. There is a, <laughs> a blueberry fritter. There's some kind of cinnamon twist thing that's pretty good. There's the Dutchie. I actually had one today for dessert after supper. And there is the walnut crunch, which they had last year. They yeah, brought they brought back. that back last year. That was, I, I was kind of, uh, that's kind of a cheap one. Yeah. You know, uh, wake me up when you do something interesting. Yeah. I've had incredible luck. Uh, getting my hands on these retro donuts. Um, not everyone has been as fortunate as me to get these donuts. Listen to the story of Katie getting effed at Tim Hortons. I don't want to say that. Oh. Yeah, she got <laughs> she got effed. You'll see what I mean. Okay. Here it comes. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. This is Katie. I am calling from Ontario. I used to live in Halifax, actually. Um, I'm calling you from the Tim Hortons drive-thru. I guess I'm sort of going undercover for the nighttime pod. Um, I'm calling because I thought I would stop and get a tea and a Dutchy donut. And after waiting about 20 minutes in the drive-thru line, I was told they are all out of Dutchies. So my question is, why are they promoting something that they can't even meet the supply and demand for? Anyway, thank you so much for your podcast and keep keeping Canada weird. The question is, why would Tim Hortons promote something that they can't meet the demand for and they can't sell it? My answer to that is because nothing they do in terms of marketing or advertising makes any sense. So they might as well promote something that they don't have in stock. They've done weirder things than that. Give me a break, Katie. Well, Katie, you're I mean, you're going undercover. I, I hope that was your reason for going through a Tim Hortons drive through to begin with was mm -hmm. only for keeping Canada weird work purposes. Uh, uh, she would have sent the receipt over to me. Yeah. And has she? Has she? No, said? I'm sure. Well, because they didn't have the donut. So she ended up getting a tea just on her own. That has nothing to do with her work here. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't want to see listeners who I love and care for put themselves in harm's way by getting too close to Tim Hortons. Mm -hmm. And I'm worried that Katie did that. Um, and then was then in turn disappointed mm -hmm. in the result. Um, but 20, Tim Hortons, you know, I mean, what time of day was it? Well, she Did waited she, 20 minutes in the drive-thru. I'm thinking that's the morning. Yeah. If it's the morning, then they should have the donut. It's, it, it, you know, when you go in the evening, I can see things being hit or miss. Yeah. In terms of what's left over. Um, you ever wait 20? You ever wait 20 minutes uh, in the drive-thru for it, though? I don't think so. Well, I look at the cars before I make the decision. Yeah. I look at the length of the lineup. I use my judgment. And my judgment always tells me if I'm waiting any more than five minutes in a, in a Tim Hortons drive-thru, I'm wasting my time. Mm. Yeah, so good point. That's that's how I look at it. Um, Katie, thank you for putting your neck out for the show. If you do manage to get your greasy mitts on a Dutchie or any of the other retro donuts or have any other experience at Tim Hortons that's notable, uh, we'd love to hear about it. And yes, you can send me your receipt for reimbursement. Let's get on to the next one. And this voice memo is going to walk us right into our first story of the night. And this one is a... A story that I completely missed, you completely missed. I had not caught any wind of this, but it is an amazing story uh, that's coming out of Seaforth, Ontario. Uh, a listener gets his hip to this. Listen to this story. And it was sent as an anonymous voice memo message. So whoever sent this voice message, um, if you want to email me and let me know who you are, I'll send you a little something as a thank you. 
Here it comes. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. I just wanted to call in to let you know about a weird Canadian news story that happened near my small town. Uh, happened in Seaforth, Ontario, which is a small farming community in southern Ontario. Um, what happened was on October 13th, a tractor um, ran a red light. It was a Friday evening and it crashed into the front of a historic building on Main Street. Um, and the driver proceeded to flee the scene and the tractor remained in the front of that building for about two and a half months until it was able to be safely removed. Um, it was quite the small town site. If you were walking around on foot, the street was closed to traffic, which was quite a pain. Um, but I thought this might be a good segment for your Keep Canada Weird. So keep it up guys and, uh, all the best. A young guy driving a tractor carrying like a regular kind of John Deere farm tractor carrying or towing two large like commercial looking trailers ends up jamming his tractor into the building and fleeing and all that stuff as you heard. But what really made it complicated was the tractor hitting the building caused structural damage which basically left the entire building kind of resting on the roof of the tractor and if they pulled the tractor out the building could have collapsed so they had to wait to deal with that but then to make matters even more complicated they found the building was full of asbestos which also makes it you know the cleanup and the recovery of the tractor yeah. even more difficult and again where this is right downtown they couldn't have people just roaming around so they had to block off the main street for like two months, it's finally settled. I'm gonna play a news story that uh, was just published, uh, I think mid-December when they managed to get the tractor out of the building. And this is one of the news, the types of news stories you love because they're talking to a whole bunch of small town Canadians. <laughs> Here it okay. comes. Yeah. A cheer from an assembled throng of onlookers greets the removal of a tractor embedded in a building in downtown Seaforth since mid-October. That's kind of exciting for the town of Seaforth. Never had so much <laughs> excitement. <laughs> but you're not looking, you don't want this kind of excitement again? No, not really. <laughs> That's enough for one year or a whole bunch of years, I guess. <laughs> Slowly and methodically, the John Deere tractor was tugged, pulled and maneuvered out of the front of the Remax Realty storefront it became embedded in on October the 13th. That night, a tractor driven by a 23-year-old Huron East resident careened off Seaforce Main Street into the front of the two-story brick building. The tractor has been holding the structure up ever since, until today, when braces were installed to carry the weight of the building and allow for the meticulous removal of the tractor. It was close up top. Good thing they let the air out of the tires because I don't think it would have come out unless they did. Not only was this a spectacle that many people came out to watch, this is a huge relief for many downtown businesses who have been dealing with a Main Street closure for 55 days. But who's counting? Yeah, no, it, it has definitely impacted the businesses in the Main Street. And yeah, yeah finally, like, wow. a, like a, a building has been lifted off of my shoulders of my tractor. <laughs> <laughs> the plan for the damaged building, believed to be Seaforce first ever and oldest brick building, is for it to be fixed up and reopened. Well, that may take some time, but having the tractor gone and the downtown fully open again is a huge relief for Seaforth residents who aren't eager to see any more tractor pulls on their main street. It was neat to see it come out and it's, uh, it's gonna be good to get the uh, street back opened up and uh, 
people flowing back into the businesses here in town. It needs to get the street open so the businesses can get going again. And Although it was kind of nice walking across the street without having to worry about traffic. <laughs> the 23-year-old tractor driver has been charged with careless driving, failing to stop at a red light and failing to remain at the scene of a crash. That's the kind of story I love. Yeah, that's a... Well, why? <laughs> uh, I think it's... The, the reason I love it um, is because no one gets hurt. It's absurd. Uh, it it includes lots of kind of regular small town Canadians, the kind that I think I, I can relate to most. This just seems to me like... And it's so easy to... Um, for this story to just to completely miss the story like we did were it not for that anonymous listener getting us hip to this i never would have known about something like this and i'm here for it. yeah i really like the guy in the audio clip you know the random towns guy and it's like oh it's the most uh, exciting thing that's happened to this town all year you know uh Hopefully, the most exciting thing in years, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those silly things. But the I don't know how it happens. And the idea, like how the 23-year-old the managed to drive the tractor into the building, who knows? He's charged with all these things, so God knows what he was up to. But to think that it takes like two months to get it out is kind of wild where when you in the video you see the recovery where you see them pull out the tractor and really it looks like all they did was use some wood to kind of like brace the building yeah. with something to hold the wood up and then they flattened the tires of the tractor so the tractor sunk down the wood carried the weight of the building and they pulled the so tractor why didn't out they do and, this right away though like it seems like a I, like okay you know the tractor is is embedded into the building now the tractor has now become load bearing and mm -hmm. we need to figure out a way to to get it out but like it seems yeah. like the way that they did it seemed like the way that they probably thought to do it right away but why they didn't do it right away i don't know mm -hmm. yeah it is weird that it took that long but yeah i, I don't know it's it in a bigger city, that's just like a small town thing. In a bigger city, that never would have lasted, I don't think. People wouldn't stand for like a main street being shut down for this. It's not even a big tractor. It's just like a bit bigger than a motorcycle by the looks yeah, of it. Yeah, it's not, it's not huge. I really mm -hmm. wish we could get more information on the guy who fled, you know, the guy who ran off. Yeah, 23. Why would he be driving a tractor well, he to was a hauling main street? Something, right? He was hauling trailers yeah. or something? Or... But it also, yeah, he had two big trailers that looked empty in the photos I saw. But I think it was on a Friday night. So 23 oh, were the trailers filled with booze or what was the... Booze and people partying. <laughs> just just, just <laughs> trailers of prostitutes and cocaine and guns yeah. and whatever. Uh, in Seaforth, Ontario. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't... All the corn is picked for the year, so now let's wild through downtown. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering why he... I mean, if he's going to flee, he's going to get caught no matter what. It's a small town. Everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows it's yeah, his, tractor. his tractor. Like, it's not like you're hiding here. So what well, did he... A common... What did he, what did he think was going to happen? who knows if this is what it why he did it but a common reason people flee the scene of accidents is so they can buy some time before they are 
um, forced to take a uh, like a alcohol test. You know, blood alcohol content, yeah, breathalyzer yeah, sort sense. of thing. Yeah, he just uh, he's drunk and he's like, I'm just gonna go and sleep this off, and then until I'm not drunk, and then I'll talk to them. It could be something like that. I think the C Fourth Business District is probably not very happy with him. No, no, his career now of driving a tractor is over in that town. Mm-hmm. So shame on you. Uh, thank you to the listener for sharing this story. And for everyone else listening, if there's some weird little thing like this going on in your town, let us know. I like this. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. We got a couple stories here, and I don't know how you want to slice this. Are we going to talk about the military warning its members to not hire the sex worker who's offering a discount to military service members do we want to talk about what seems to be straight out of the x-files situation in saskatchewan or should we get into the sexy game that goes very wrong for a regina couple well there is a lot of sexy stuff in these stories really oh there is there's back-to-back sexual stories so let's Use the sexy stories as the bread, and we'll sandwich the non-sexy story in the middle. Which is the X-Files story. Yeah. So let's start with what you think is the sexiest story. Uh, I would say, I say the sexier story is the story of the sexy game gone wrong for this Regina couple. Uh, This story- I disagree with that. Well, the other one's literally about sex. That's, a, that's what makes it so sexy. Yeah, but if they're just giving it away. She's not giving it away. It's a discount. <laughs> Let's I we're doing the sexy game gone wrong. Let's okay. Do it. <laughs> uh this is a it I'm excited for yeah, this one. Yeah, I just want to get into the sexiest. It. I <laughs> this story I like because one common thing that we see in the news a lot, I don't know if this is just a Canadian thing or if it's an around the world thing, but it's these sort of like complicated uh, complaining about company stories where it's like, you know, they're sitting down at someone's coach and they're explaining why, you know, they got screwed by the bank and they didn't know this thing was a part of the deal. And, you know, usually the news report ends with like, and we contacted the bank and the bank agreed to give them their discount or, you know, something like that. This story kind of comes across as a bit of one of those. It involves a Regina couple that was hurt during a vacation in the Dominican Republic. They're kind of telling this, their story as a way to fight against Sunwing, who they booked the, the, vacation through as well as the actual resort in the Caribbean. But to tell their story, there's there certainly embarrassing moments and maybe moments you normally wouldn't see someone on the news describing. I'll set it up that way. Here's the video. And no blushing over there, Aaron. I'm already, well, I mean, you're the one that finds this one painfully sexy. You know, this is just the one that you're going to be going to bed tonight. And this is all okay. that's going to be on your mind is just. Here it comes herniated discs (laughs) so every night at the resort they either have like a dance or games or karaoke and so they'll pull you up on stage to do these things and you really can't decline but me and my fiance we were newly engaged i'm like a go-getter type of girl like i'm not afraid of much so we they're asking for couples to go up on stage and up to this point 
we've been competing in like dance competitions, darts competitions, like all these things and we're winning. So I was like, Brighton, we're going on stage right now. We're going to do this. And so we went up on the stage, which, yeah, they immediately told us what we were doing. We got, there was three other couples with us. And so they wanted us to find who the, in their words, sexiest couple was. So immediately we were like, oh no, like what did we sign up for? Um, so it involved a dance competition where my fiance had to sexy dance, they called it, and get down on one knee and sing with no music. He just had to sing. Um, the next one was a performance for the both of us dancing. He had to perform a lift. Um, it was That was scary. And then the third one was the balloon popping competition where unfortunately I was severely injured um, and that was the final the final one so we had to perform positions that they made so all three couples had gone before us so one of the positions um, you had to run up to each other and pop a balloon with your chest the next one was the male was sitting on a chair and the female had to come and sit and pop the balloon on his lap and then the next one was they want the women to bend over a chair and then the male come up and pop the balloon from the back. And then the last one was on a mattress where you had to sit and pop the balloon on the male. Um, so we did the first two with no problems. Everything was going great. We were having lots of fun. And then they bent, it was time for me to like bend over the chair. And it was supposed to just be my fiance coming behind me to pop the balloon but all of the entertainment staff followed behind him as fast as they could, um, which caused me to push all the way down to the bottom of the chair, it's called hyperextension. Um, immediately, I felt pain in my knees. I didn't feel it in my hips at all. Um, I was on such an adrenaline high, but when they all got off me, I was honestly like stuck in the chair. I couldn't figure out how to get like popped back out to get out of the chair and immediately after getting out of the chair I looked at one of them I was like I'm hurt like I'm really hurt and they just dis dismissed me we had to carry on which I was able to do so I fully believe because of adrenaline and not fully understanding what happened um, and then as soon as the last position was done like there was tears in my eyes and I went up to the staff and I was like I'm hurt I'm holding my knees telling them I'm hurt and they just laughed and continued on we then had to stand on stage for like 20 more minutes standing and I my legs are shaking um, to tell for them to get the crowd to vote on who won um, we did end up winning so but it was not worth it in my opinion I wish we would have never gone up on stage and I feel like it would be a lot different if they would have asked or told us or even put my knees up on the chair but there was no consent given anywhere no warning they didn't do it to any other couple just us oh, I've I hate videos and pictures of people being injured in this one like although we joked as it started it is an ugly injury that she appears to have. Do you want to describe, like for someone who's just hearing her describe it, I, I don't think she, I don't think it does the trick of showing what actually happens. Do you want to explain what we see happen to this poor woman? It looks like, like she's bent over the chair, like the, the, she's holding onto the arms of the chair and then she's 
she's bent over the chair with kind of her butt sticking out mm-hmm. and she's got the balloon like in between her thighs i guess is kind of where it's yeah. at and um so the husband is supposed to thrust into her to try and bust the balloon and then the entire mm-hmm. entertainment staff that looked to be all male to me Oh, and they're all bigger than her husband. Yeah, they all run yeah. behind. They're so, all so charging when the husband... towards her husband yes. to try and create enough force to send him into the balloon and pop mm-hmm. it. And it literally I... looks like it bends her in half, like into the, the wrong chair. way. The wrong yeah. way. Yeah. Like her, her pelvis goes into the bend of the chair. Yeah, in her yeah, in but her knee. Ugh. I when I watched it uh, carefully, it looks like the husband kind of grabbed her hips, and he was holding. He had his weight on her hips through his hands, and when he got pushed but from behind, all of that weight went right on her hips. So yeah. yeah, she just bent the wrong way, and then finishes the competition. Um, having being on the news, like telling that story, it, it's. She does a good job because it is a little like I think it would be a bit embarrassing to have to describe that on the news. But then also, like, does it take a bit of wind out of her complaint by and we like it, it sounds like she's describing a great time and she won it as well, which is like they included all that in the news clip. But I don't know. I don't know where where this takes me. Well, it's 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 tricky because who's responsible here is there- is the question that gets asked in this news yeah. footage and who who holds the ultimate responsibility for this accident so mm-hmm. what was it sunwing that she booked through yeah so she she she's going after someone to take responsibility the resort seemed to want nothing to do with her like they they didn't do anything um so she went after sunwing and Sunwing is saying, like, we booked your vacation, but we're not responsible for what yeah. happens on the resort. They're not our which employees. Makes, which that, yeah, which which makes no. sense. Like Sunwing is just yeah. we're just but a if, booking if you're, company. You know? Yeah. If you're in her position, it's way easier to go after Sunwing, who's probably the bigger company than whoever owns that resort. And they would have like a Canadian or an American yeah, presence like, unlike the resort. So I think you know, to go after the resort is going to be a hell of a lot harder to go after Sunwing. So I think to go on the news and like complain about Sunwing is probably going to get you further. If you want to go after the resort, you straight up are going to have to like get a lawyer and follow a lo- file a lawsuit in the Dominican Republic, which. Yeah, sounds you know, impossible, I would say. Yeah, uh, I can't see anything ever coming from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so it's it, this is probably a situation where nothing's going to come of any of her efforts to no to get anyone to claim responsibility for this i agree she gets to spit in the face of sunwing on the on tv which is which is good it seems like she's not going to have any permanent injuries hopefully which of course is good she's certainly going to have a story to tell uh but the whole thing as you know the being as it's described like being at this event being brought up on stage to go in these like embarrassing competitions to me that sounds like absolute hell you wouldn't i would never do that would you like i think maybe you're the more outgoing publicly one of the two of us i would get in i would do it but i don't know i mean after watching this uh, i would certainly be hesitant to do any 
balloon popping sexy games it's not even sexy like how hard you can thrust a like into a balloon like this sounds ridiculous well whoever thrusts the hardest is the sexiest right that's how i was always taught growing up (laughs) that (laughs) if you can thrust hard then then like hard enough to pop a balloon yeah yeah then that's hot Uh, you know that's super hot yeah and i think these the staff of this resort they were just getting in on the party i guess by doing this they weren't thinking anyone was going to get hurt but they've probably done this a million times before yeah but it was just just kind of the the way the chips fell in this particular incident yeah that's this is how places get sued though if you're gonna if you're gonna touch people yeah do anything remotely physical you're just you're just asking to get you sued. just can't you just can't touch the customers <laughs> that should be the the first rule of business is we don't touch the customers unless i'm a masseuse or something you know what a strange story i think if i was in her position i would probably just uh cut my losses yeah cut your losses you know be done with it just recovery is also sexy just focus on recovering mm-hmm. and then you'll be the world's sexiest patient. Uh, perfect segue because our next story involves patients. It involves hospitals. Uh, I don't know what attracted me so much to this story other than, you know, I'm a huge fan of the X-Files. I've always been a fan of the X-Files. And when I read this story in my head, it is like the way X-Files always started, they call it like a cold open. Like there's a scene that'll play out before even the intro for X-Files airs. And it just shows like a one minute little bit of chaos. And then the rest of the show is generally trying to figure out, you know, what happened during that one minute cold open or what led to that. The story of the Weyburn Hospital in Saskatchewan, it kind of reminded me of the the opening scene of an X-Files episode. Basically this past Friday, Just before noon, fire crews were dispatched to the Weyburn Hospital to investigate complaints of an odd chemical smell that was circulating through the building. When responders were unable to identify the source of the strong and nauseous smell, all the staff and patients of the Weyburn Hospital were forced to evacuate. But what the cause would end up being is a bit of a surprise. The Saskatchewan Health Authority says 22 patients, along with all staff members at the Weyburn General Hospital, had to be evacuated after a reported gas leak. According to Weyburn's fire chief, at around 11.30 this morning, some of the patients noticed what smelt like gas and told the staff members. That's when the Weyburn Fire Department was called in along with Sask Energy. The SHA says its immediate priority was ensuring patient safety, evacuating patients and hospital staff and putting EMS on standby to support the patients who were taken to local care homes. After further investigation, the fire chief says it was not in fact a gas leak. Instead, he says the result of the smell was caused by a patient who came into the hospital directly from working in the oil field. That odor spread throughout the building with the assistance of the HVAC system within the building. Uh, The crews have isolated and contained the contaminated clothing. Uh, The patient is under care by the staff at the hospital. 
The SHA says it will provide an update once the building has been cleared to reopen. In the meantime, anyone in the community who is requiring urgent or emergent care is being asked to call 911 or travel to the nearest hospital outside of the city. So the clip we just heard there aired on the 13th of January, which was just this past Saturday. The hospital ended up staying closed for a full day before reopening. But for somebody to smell so bad that it actually causes the hospital to be shut down for a day and all patients and staff evacuated, that must be a like a god-awful smell. What did this man have on him? Would it be, could it be something from another, you know, not of this earth? if it smells that bad to clear a hospital out well i'm sure if you're coming fresh off of a shift you know in some kind of an oil sands type working environment yeah you're gonna smell exactly like they describe this smell as being you know and it's i don't know did you ever get like gas on your leg or something when you're pumping gas and you, know, you get back yeah, in your reeks, car? And yeah, it, it's, it carries it with you reek, for but, a while, doesn't it? But the, yeah, it does. But does it like spread through a hospital stink? And I've seen pictures of this hospital. No, it's, it's not a small little building. No, but I mean, you're working in, in oil and gas all day and it's, and it's on your clothes. Like your uniform that you're wearing always smells like this. Like it's. That must be hell. Yeah, I guess, but um, so you don't think there's anything unexplainable, mysterious happening here? You think it's just just a man who stunk so bad from working in the oil fields that it contaminated the air in an entire hospital? Yeah, and it sounds like exactly what happened. And wow, um. I would hate to be the man that was told he smelled so bad that he cleared the hospital. <laughs> you know, Maybe, uh, but I, I, I guess, you know, natural gas and leaks and stuff, that is a, a touchy topic. So I could also see someone smelling like a gas smelling, being kind of concerned and calling, you know, fire responders or, you know, fire that a fire department or 911 or whatever, and just out of an abundance of caution, they yeah. clear the hospital. Yeah. I guess I could see that happening. You know, you don't want to take chances with that sort of thing. But I don't I don't know. Maybe it's like we're here recording in Nova Scotia and we don't have like a natural gas oil fields kind of industry that's booming. So I'm a bit ignorant about this stuff. But to me, I see this as a story where a day or two days later, um, you know, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully receive a report about this incident and Mulder doesn't believe that it was simply the smell of oil sands, goes on to investigate and finds a links between this case and unexplained uh, objects seen in the sky around this town over the past 75 years. And it's all connected. Yeah, I think the issue with this story is, is your perception of it. Okay. I think uh, you're just reaching and grasping for straws here. Oh, you know, paranormal straws that don't exist. <laughs> may or may not be there. Yeah. So you is what you're saying? We should get back to the sexy stuff. I think it's really unattractive for you to be like this. It's not really? sexy. No. Oh my god. And, be, and the listeners want sexy. They want. <laughs> they want people. Uh, getting back injuries from sexy games. 
And um, you know what else they want is they want sexy sex workers giving discounts to the military. Well, that's actually a good story because the next one involves a sex worker who is giving discounts to military members. Uh, what? This one, <laughs> what a coincidence. Uh, this story, I think if you if you follow the news in Canada, it's probably come across uh, your news feed at some point. It's been shared all over, it seems. Everybody seems to be covering it because it's so salacious and crazy. I've probably gotten 10 emails from people telling me about this story. But ultimately, what it comes down to is the military defense, uh, the, sorry, the military police are threatening to charge a sex worker who offers discounts to Canadian soldiers and senior leaders of the military issued a communication to all its members warning their troops to stay away from the Kingston area woman. So th this woman lives near a military base in Kingston and advertises her services uh, largely to military members, again, including a 25% discount for military members. So again, when the brass threatens her by saying, you know, if you, you know, we're going to sue you, or, or have you charged? Because I think in, she released some photos, like pornographic photos, that kind of look like she was wearing a military uniform, and there must be some law that that's in breach of. So they had threatened to charge her for that. But the, again, they issued a press or a, kind of like a memo to all the the people stationed on that base saying, you know, to stay away from her. As you could probably imagine, is this all backfired on the Canadian military where the sex worker, her real name is Christina Gilchrist. She claims that she is now in, inundated with messages from military personnel that are interested in the services she provides and traffic to her website has gone up by 6,000% basically. Uh, so the whole thing, you know, the, the, your bosses don't do this. Don't, you know, don't um, have sex with this person that's going to offer you 25% uh, off. Maybe not going to dissuade everybody. Yeah, it's like, there's the big red button. Don't push it. <laughs> don't push that red button. Don't push it. And how many, how many guys like military, like these single military guys stationed in this base away from, you know, I, I just feel like that memo is just reminding all the members of this opportunity or this option they have just outside the door of their military base. And it seems like maybe that option was too much for a lot of them to bear because again, she's blown up. I I've looked at her Instagram and stuff and she's uh, like thanking the military in all her posts. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. Yeah. You were just looking at her Instagram. Well, I, and I then wrote the story well. and then the story broke and you're like, Oh, we are same girl oh. <laughs> no i wrote to her she's um you you, you wrote, wrote to her and said i'm in the military <laughs> no that's not what i did i wrote to her and said uh if you have free time or if you have time i would love to talk to you about this story and we may do some an episode together so i don't want to get way deep into the weeds sure, but sure. We, i may have something coming uh but i'm sure she's pulled in a thousand directions that's not supposed to be like a joke. No, no, no. Um, but I, th I just think this idea of them releasing a memo to have it just blow right back in their face. Of course it did. Who thought that was a good idea? Oh, it's so like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the, 
the uh, teaching assistant who uh-huh. had the OnlyFans paid. Yeah. And then it just, you know, all it did was, was bring all of this publicity to her OnlyFans account and gave her all this momentum. And um, similar situation here. It's like, you know, you tell the little kids not to eat candy. All they're going to want to do is eat candy. And certainly, and like, yeah. who who cares if she's like, she says, like, she's like the, the military aspect of this is a fetish of hers. Uh-huh. And she offers a discount to military personnel as 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 part of her kind of sex sexual exploration and and like to try and demean it or take it away or charge her in any way. It's just nonsense. Like, mm-hmm. and, and they're not going to win any favors by doing that. No, I think if they were going to charge her, charge her. Don't like say are going to because that just gives everyone something to talk about. And, you know, the, if they really wanted their members to avoid this, they wouldn't tell all their members about this situation. Yeah. It's like, well, I didn't know she was there, but now I know. And now I know she's and giving a discounts discount? to people like me. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, I'm going to give her a call. What a bunch of fools. Yeah. No, all I mean, power the, to the her. Brass. I hope she continues on with her you know, military might. And do you want to uh, plug her website? Uh, what is the website? I can't. <laughs> I only asked you that because it's so funny. Uh, her website is uh, for soldiers. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought that was kind of funny because it gets uh, this situations being covered in the news, but none of them want to write for soldiers. So they will like abbreviate it or put stars in there and stuff. Okay. Um, Are you going on the, on yeah, the website? Yeah, I'm gonna go now. And all right, uh, soldiers. Okay, let's give us a review here for people who don't want this in their Google search history or browsing history. What are we seeing? Okay, am I 18 years of age or older? Yes, I am of legal consenting age. Oh, you were 18 when she was born. I bet probably. And I will accept <laughs> the website's uses of cookies here. Let's click accept. <laughs> Military fetishist. Dice. Not enlisted, it says right there. Okay, and then it's got, as it featured in, CBC, the Daily Mail, the Daily Hive, the Ottawa Citizen, Vice is raising morale higher than any mandatory fun day ever will. <laughs> oh, my God. There's Yeah, there's some pictures on here. Okay, this is getting weird. Oh, geez, yeah. Do you want to describe anything, or is it too far? Well, imagine the story earlier with the girl with the balloon in her thighs bent over the chair. Uh-huh. I just imagine everybody involved is wearing a military uniform. <laughs> and there's and no there's balloon. no balloon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh... Yeah, anyway, I mean... (laughs) Aaron grew up today. Yeah, I just got some more hair on my chest. (laughs) We need an icebreaker or a palate cleanser, and I got just the thing. Let's go from uh, group sex between a sex worker and military members to Tim Hortons. 
This is an interesting one. This is a voice memo I got from Kara, who's an American. She has some interesting stories about visiting Canada, Halifax, I think specifically, and going to Tim Hortons. Listen to this. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. This is Kara from North Carolina. I thought I would share my Tim Hortons experience with you that I had when I was in Halifax meeting some new Canadian friends of mine in October of 2022. I'll preface this by admitting that I like Tim Hortons. Not being Canadian, I don't have a stake in it, but it seems less corporate and bland than the equivalent coffee shop we have here in the States. I won't name ours, but it rhymes with bar ducks. And bar ducks is everywhere with their corporate pumpkin spice lattes and green frappuccinos, but, but I'm, I'm digressing. So, I went to visit my friends who I had met in an online game the year before. They live in Halifax, and I, they had invited me to visit for a few days. While I was there one morning, they said they were taking me to Tim Hortons. I'm like, great. I'd never been before. So we get to Tim Hortons. The place is packed. Unless they're all out of town or someone Canadian must like this place. Get to the anyway. I'm in line, and my friends are telling me to order a double double and try the Tim bits. And I'm digging around in my purse for loonies and toonies, trying to figure out which is which. I get to the front of the line, I order my double double, and then I decide I need to get a souvenir from Tim Hortons to take back to North Carolina. Tim Hortons has a bunch of knitted caps with a Tim Hortons logo on it that looked kind of cool. Guys, this is where I messed up. I looked at the cashier. And I told her I would like to buy a toboggan. She looked like she didn't hear me, so I doubled down and repeated myself, I would like to buy a toboggan. At this point, I should say that in the southern United States, we do sometimes call the knitted winter hat that you wear in your head a toboggan. My Canadian friends inform me that that is definitely not called a toboggan in Canada, but it's called a toque. Then they told me that a toboggan is a sled, and they asked if we'd run out of words for snow-related items in the South because we don't get that much snow. A little insulting, but a fair question. I have no idea why we Southerners call a toque a toboggan, but apparently if you ask for a toboggan at Tim Hortons, they won't know what you're talking about, and also you'll be laughed at by your, by your Canadian friends. So that's my story about Tim Hortons. Still love your show, love Canada. And I'm fond of Tim Hortons. Keep up the good work. <laughs> uh, that was amazing, Kara. Yeah, yeah. I don't agree with her opinion on Tim Hortons at all, but well, certainly the story to, is nice. But she did make a good point. Is comparing it to Bardock's, as she calls it, it does at least feel a little less corporate and she doesn't have a skin in the game she's an american coming here to visit so if you went to a tim's and then you went to a starbucks i think tim's would feel cozy and less corporate starbucks is like snobby to me um i guess starbucks always had that tried to be uh the, the kind of hip coffee shop look mm -hmm. yeah. tim hortons always tried to be the Good old hometown donut shop look, although that's kind mm -hmm. of gone away over the years, I find. But yeah, it's just turning into like a fast food joint or something. Tim Hortons, yeah, it just looks like a it just looks like a cheaper McDonald's or something. Yeah, like it just doesn't well, what a, cut it. In Kara's story, um, a toboggan. I thought she completely mixed it mixed up the words. Like for me, my whole life, a toboggan is a complicated way of saying like a sled. Uh, I've never heard of a hat, a winter hat, 
being referred to as a toboggan. I did some Googling and yeah, in other parts, a lot of other parts of the world, they call winter hats toboggan hats. Okay, I, I can I can understand that if it's a toboggan hat. So it's the hat you like, wear when you're on a toboggan. But I I don't think it means like a tobogganing hat. I think it's tobog um toboggan hat. Um it's like I would call these kind of just like beanies, like just like a knitted cap without the ball thing on the top, just like a regular hat. It's like a, a they they call it a toboggan, a toboggan hat, a beanie. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've never heard of it used as like when she said when she sent me this voice memo, I thought like, oh, how cute. Like someone from the southern states doesn't even know the difference between a toboggan and a toque. But in some places, those words, I guess, are interchangeable. Yeah, well, the toque thing is a very Canadian thing. It's not like other places in the world don't call winter hats toques. I don't think. I don't think so either. Um, I just Googled uh, toboggan hat and I just found once one like question posed to Google is what is the difference between a, be a beanie and a toboggan hat? Beanies uh, are a beanie can be made from all kinds of material where a toboggan hat is and can only be a knitted wool hat. Sounds very specific. Yeah, well, they're just describing a winter hat. Yeah, it's a winter hat. Uh, interesting story, though. I, I I like to hear people from uh, outside of our weird Canadian bubble um, peeking in every so often, even if they do stumble over their words and uh, try to order a toque in an on in an unconventional yeah. way. But my advice to Kara would be never buy that junky souvenirs at Tim Hortons. They're, no. they're just getting it. And my, and my other advice to her would be, next time you come to Canada, we have some other coffee shops that you could try, like a Robin's coffee. You know, like mm. if you're looking for a fast food coffee and you stumble across a Robin's, go in there instead and, and try yeah. your coffee. Tell them we sent you. Yeah, tell them. KCW sent you. And they'll be mm -hmm. like, who? And you'll be like, give me a toboggan. <laughs> Get out, ma'am. <laughs> uh, that was a fun one. I, I think we did. I think we we did what we came here to do. We found a couple stories that helped highlight the weird, unique, unusual, and often overlooked stories playing out across Canada. Uh, we visited Seaforth, Ontario, which is a place I've never heard of. Um, we gave everyone a reason not to enter a sexy couple contest in the Dominican Republic. And I do believe something unusual was happening in the hospital in Saskatchewan, despite your insistence that it isn't. I'm now starting to believe that you may in fact be in on it. Yeah. Well, you would think that because you don't trust anybody that uh, agent Mulder hasn't told you to trust. That's true. And I was often, th I was also thinking like, I complain about Tim Hortons a lot with you, but I also don't like anything. So that's something I should be clear about with people is like, I, I do say nasty stuff about Tim Hortons, but, and I said some bad stuff about Starbucks tonight. You'll be hard pressed to find anything I like. You like uh value village. I do love value village and I love a good deal. Yeah. You love uh, Halloween. That's true. Yeah, I take it back. There is joy in my you life. You love guitars. You love your family to an extent. <laughs> All the way. 
Aaron, how dare you? My son's going to listen to this. And then he's going to tell my other son. He's like, dad only loves us 70%. (laughs) At best. Uh, That is not true. That is not true, uh, my children in the future, when you grow up old enough to listen to this. Yeah, well, you know, they got to learn sometime. Yeah, Uncle Aaron will tell you the truth. That's what I'm here to do. Speak the truth. That's what that's what Mulder would have wanted, Jordan. That's true. You know, the, All right. the truth is out there, so let's hear it. Let's wrap this up, buddy. We got to go find some more weird stories for next week. Our work is never done. No, no. We carry the weight of the world on our back, keeping this country weird. <laughs> Handsome Aaron Airport, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Uh, advocate for truth for the 2024 Weyburn Hospital crisis. Yeah, and until next time, if I ever have a tractor driven into my house, will you help me get it out? I think we just need to prop the building up like you would, like our the, the first option that they should have thought of is the one they did. Yeah, but I think they like, need, we not I think just need like, to think about it for a couple of months. I think you need to stare yeah. at the building and be like, hmm. that might work, but I don't know. Let's huh. come back to it tomorrow. I, I don't know. I don't and know. And then some other like guys from, yeah, from yeah, that but town. Yeah, you're right. That, that may be what you have to do there, but... Uh, what's, what's going on? It's not what, what I do. Uh, it's not... <laughs> That's definitely what happened. Yeah, no, they all went to Tim Hortons. I don't know. And they all went to Tim Hortons around the desks, around the tables, and just like talked about it. Yeah. For a month and a half. Yeah. Always coming by <laughs> and measuring. Just kind of measuring yeah. and looking at it and staring at it. Yeah, yeah. It's might mm-hmm. well we uh, yeah, we might have to do that, but <laughs> I don't know. Come back tomorrow, we'll take another look. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, please let us know. Also, if you have any thoughts, opinions, theories, or feedback on any of the stories we discussed tonight, we want to hear about that as well. The best way to reach us is by sending us a voice message by using the app built into nighttimepodcast.com contact. We're excited to hear from you. Now, before we part, I want to give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers for this series, and Monty Data, who provides the outro version of O Canada. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, Let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Sophie, Yvette, and Mike, thank you for going premium. And for everyone else who'd like to support the show, you can do it in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money's used to fund the creation of the show. But the premium feed will also give you the episodes two days early, give them to you ad-free, and give you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. That sounds like something you'd like. You can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still help support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. We appreciate your support in this. Now, until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird.
Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. And now to our viewers and listeners everywhere. Good night. Hello, Jordan and Average Aaron Airport. Not sure if that's correct, but it, it sounds about right. I mean, I don't really care. I mean, it says a lot about Average Aaron Airport that he starts so many beefs he can't remember how he insulted me. But unluckily for Average Aaron Airport, I don't forgive and I don't forget. Average Aaron Airport dissed my pronunciation of the word Donna, correct pronunciation, not as Donner as you previously pronounced. And um, he's now a one-sided vendetta has been begun. Uh, although I have been to Canada and I agree, Timmy R's is terrible. So I agree with average Erin Airport there. Anyway, I hope average Erin Airport is satisfied with how many times I've said his name. So long -a.